All right, welcome to episode seven for the Totem Realty podcast. And this one is brought to us by Old Soul, which is a bourbon that none of us have had before. It's actually from Jackson, Mississippi, courtesy of one of our clients. Mm -hmm. So we're actually uh, experiencing a first here. Someone who's watched the podcast decided to come uh, bring us a bottle and say, hey, why don't you try this on your next podcast? Wait, what were you going to say? Uh, my, my initial thought is this is outstanding. Yeah, we're starting with the bourbon review first because this is a yeah, fantastic is bottle very of bourbon. Good. Now, this is a uh, 21% rye, 75% corn, and okay, 4% malted barley. And it's a small batch, and it is tasty. So somebody please send our props to Old Soul. Yes, absolutely. Maybe my new favorite bourbon. I doubt we can buy it in PA. I looked. Nope. Yeah. Nope. But... In any event, today we're going to talk about leverage and time, and I'm sure some current events along the way, but you want to dig us in? Yeah. 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 That's, that's impressive. <laughs> we're ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Because this is what I started to say. We're going to have to cut and edit this. Numbers. I just had a mini, fuck, a mini stroke, and I can't remember <laughs> the name of the company. Oh, my gosh. I literally, as soon as we started, I was like, K&L Gates. Oh, my God. Yes. I just couldn't think of anything other than Dickie McKamey. That was all I could think of. Front line of the papers. K&L Gates. Gates. Okay. But not even so news. So are we ready? Just, yeah, we're going. No, I mean, we're going to have to edit that out. No, it's live. No. Live <laughs> so and in color. We're going to cut it. All right. But yeah. So I don't know if you saw the news with <laughs> K&L Gates. <laughs> oh, my Yeah, so the topic that we were going to get into after this today is leverage and time and how time can help with leverage or plays into leverage. Um, so I thought it would be appropriate. Or hurt. Or can hurt. Or help, hurt. Can yeah. hurt. Um, so I thought it would be appropriate. Um, you know, it wasn't like, uh, I mean, it was a headline, not, you know, top breaking news, but uh, there was something in the Pittsburgh Business Times this past week um, saying that K&L Gates had acknowledged considering um, the vision on 15th and the Strip um, as a new office location for them. So, um, Well in think, advance of their lease. Yeah, well in advance of their lease, which, you know, that's a large, re that would be a large relocation, but mm -hmm. um, thought that that would be a good segue because um, I think all of us kind of thought it was smart that K&L Gates was willing to comment on that and put that out to the world. So I think that is something that we can talk about with leverage, but then mm -hmm. also um, digging into the timing aspect because when I talk to people at events or, you know, people who are asking questions about, you know, the, the basics of real estate or leasing um, and are considering, you know, are getting ready to make those decisions, um, I don't think the general public has a great grasp on how long the process can take and if you have an approaching deadline, when the optimal time to start your search is in order to maximize your leverage. Sure. That's what we're going to talk about today. And before you started working for us, what did you think the answer to how far in advance of your lease expiring was that you should start searching for space? Well, we all know I'm a great planner and super proactive, <laughs> uh, and that I definitely wouldn't procrastinate something like that. Um, I had no clue. I had absolutely no clue. 
It's so not something what do that people answer comes- when you when you talk to them at cocktail parties? What do they say? Yeah, so I actually was talking to a young guy that's um, he is one of the co-founders of a startup uh, that came out of I believe Pitt. I could be wrong; could have been Duquesne, but a local university startup. Um, they're in a flex. They're in a co-working space right now, but growing um, successful rounds of funding. So we were kind of asking him, like, oh, do you think that you'll graduate to, I shouldn't say graduate, but do you think that you'll consider more permanent space soon and, and move out of the co-working situation? And he's like, yeah, probably, you know, probably soon. We're not there yet, but maybe at the end of the year. <laughs> and, and it was just, yeah, I mean, if you weren't in this industry, that doesn't sound like That's seven a silly months. answer. But being in this industry, you realize that it's very difficult to make anything happen, especially, you know, I think we, we, we've done previous podcasts talking about supply chain and the delays in construction and the labor shortages and how that prolongs everything. But I think just in the, the search and the back and forth lease, lease negotiations and time as it relates to leverage is something that um, would be beneficial knowledge to a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I think one of the first things to be discussed is considering if you're a startup company, how big are you? Because the larger you are, the longer it takes. Um, if you're a 2,000-foot office tenant and you're in a co-working space, yeah, you can do it in a, in a shorter period of time. You can't it do back. it well. But not Take necessarily. <laughs> Don't no. put Depends. that out into the world, yeah. Michael. I'm not putting it out into the world. I'm saying it could be done, but will it be done correctly? Is it going to reach its full maturation to see... Am I looking at everything I should be looking? Am I asking all the questions I should be asking? And uh, am I researching all the nuances of what I should be considering? Well, well back- and also, though, the, pers- the optics from the landlord's perspective, if you've got a tenant coming to you that needs to be in the space in six months. Or three months or two months or nine months. You realize that they don't have the luxury of taking a, a lot more time to find the perfect space. So you sacrifice that in the negotiation. I, I, I agree. You sacrifice that in the negotiation, but establishing what are your goals up front? Are you just coming out of a co-working space to shrink down into a smaller space on a temporary basis? And it was going to be a, an as-is relocation. I'm not advocating creating a short period of time to do anything because the gestation of going from one space to another is a long time. We, but, we forgot to give Michael the disclaimer that this has to be short and sweet and we can't <laughs> pursue every rabbit hole today. <laughs> We're on our time clock today. But, so um, stick with the script. <laughs> but the reality is back to the leverage, the point of leverage in a negotiation relative to real estate. In the startup example, in the co-working, who's ready to move and move tomorrow – they do have leverage. That There are two periods of time where the tenant has considerable leverage as it relates to rate. And I'm specific to rate right now. If they are ready to move into a space in 60 days, guess what? They can say to the landlord, ready. I'm ready to move in in 60 days and start paying you rent. I want a great deal. And that is substantial leverage. The downside is you have to move into space in its current condition. So you have to be willing to take the space as is, and be comfortable with it. That is the point that I'm making. And I think in some of these situations for a small startup company, to commit to something for a longer particular period of time 
or to say we have to wait to do this. Who knows for a small startup company what's going to happen while you're waiting space to be built out in nine, in nine months. But on the flip side, KNL Gates, not a startup, oh, large okay. company. If they said to the landlord, if they only had three months left on their lease and were trying to uh, pretend that they were going to be relocating, they're screwed. They're totally, they're totally screwed. Totally. And I think the that. question becomes, with someone of that size, is I don't think three or four years is too early to be looking at something like that. Which is when they started pre-pandemic. They started four years before their lease four expired. Four years, absolutely. I mean, it's almost like you, if you were in a five-year lease commitment, are you that kind of size tenant and that massive a tenant? You should be looking at it the minute that you entered into an obligation. And if you're that big, a five-year deal for those guys is a short-term deal. Right. And it's also it's interesting because it, it makes me think of the Dickie McCamey thing. So they have been in PPG for ever. decades. Um, their lease is up in 2025, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they just announced that they're moving to Gateway. Four Gateway, yeah. is it? So I was having a discussion with um, one of my peers uh, about it. And it's the point that this person I was talking to brought up is how, if you're PPG, do you... How does that happen? How do they lose them? Yeah. I mean, what, like, how do you not make the concessions or, or say, like, we will discount your rent or whatever? Get, do the, it, and it's easier to keep them and incentivize them to stay in a space than it is for a new landlord to win them over to incur the costs of moving. So well, do you think it's kind of uncommon like what do you think led to the decision to incur those substantial costs to completely relocate and make that decision three years in advance of when it would actually happen i mean i think that that's a rabbit hole speaking of rabbit holes i think we should do a podcast just on that question legitimately and it's also really easy to play monday morning quarterback but uh, the long and short of it is we don't have enough information in the room right now to answer what was so attractive about the gateway proposal that said, you know what, all of the brain damage for the next three years is going to be worth it to Dickie McCamey because we weren't their advisor. But clearly, gateway said to them, we're going to do X, Y, and Z for you in a way that they said, yeah, the brain damage and the cost is worth it. And clearly, PPG decided at some point... Either A, they weren't going to reach any further, they'd put their best foot forward and couldn't do anything else, or the decision was made in a vacuum, meaning that PPG was never going to keep them. There's definitely tenants who have just decided, we are going to relocate because we want to change the scenery, and the current landlord might not be able to do anything about it. So. And you're probably dealing with uh, you know, a delta in a financial package that were at least an octave apart. Yeah, you know, in the sevens of figures. Yeah, in, in, in a, 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 an extremely large number that was a compelling reason to say, you know what, we're paying a lot of money here. You also have the dynamic of the way people work changed over that period of time. Right. So that could have Especially had an Especially the way they worked, it. right. Absolutely. So I think that you have a lot of different inputs in there. But yeah, I'd say that that's probably a 50-50 thing. I would imagine it's so much easier to keep a tenant economically than it is to lose a tenant. 
but but if you're a breath. tenant who wants new experience or new space living through the recreation of your current Absolutely. footprint is a complete nightmare nightmare so nightmare very difficult to win that one but i'm curious Paige. so you've been here for two years right so what questions do you have now answers to to understand why, yes, there's leverage in the immediacy. I'm going to move into your building next month. Okay, we get it. Like that's almost like buying a car. I'll buy it today, cash, so give me a better deal. But what have you learned or what questions have you come up with to ask people now, knowing what you know, that make you realize that really the ideal time to be looking is probably in the 12 to 18-month range, maybe 24 months. If you're 200,000 feet, it is four years. But for the average tenant, you know, the 10, the 20,000 square foot tenant, how long in advance should they be looking and what do we know now that you didn't know when you stepped in the front door? Yeah, I mean, I would say just the overall, the overall time that it takes to get anything done. Um, first of all, I mean, especially with startups or companies that are transitioning to vastly different space, um, like we're working with a client right now who owned their own building for 20 plus years and engaged us to sell that building and simultaneously engaged us to help them look for a scaled down, kind of like a touchdown office that was going to be a fraction of the size of the building that they were just leaving. And I think we quickly realized um, once we got all of the executive team from that, the local executive team from that organization together on a search, they didn't know what they wanted. All six people from that organization that came on the first round of tours had different ideas in their mind of what that space was going to be because they hadn't had to make that decision ever since before. they had been with the right. company. So for startups or for companies that are doing, if there's been new leadership since the last transition or if COVID hit and has drastically impacted the way they work now, you, sometimes you have to go and see the spaces and get an idea for how they could work to really know and visualize how your company would operate in that space. Um, so I think there's a learning portion of the process for the tenant um, that can take time. Coupled with the fact they have day jobs right. and finding the time to go not, look at space, right? Yeah, so there's a, I would say that there's definitely a learning period. Which is um, usually how long do you think? I don't know if you can. I don't know if you could say that across the board. I mean, couple at months, least a month, but maybe months. six months, right? Yeah, I would say a couple months. Um, and I then, I mean, even once you find the space that they love, or the, the building that they love, yeah, the building that they love. I mean, the back and forth on proposals before you even get to a lease is usually a couple months. A lease, you know, the the lawyers can rack up as many hours reviewing the lease as you let them. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's... So we're at like we have, 10 months and we haven't even talked about construction. Talked about construction yet. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and... A spoiler alert, I'm not doing 200,000 square foot deals right now. So the things I'm talking about are sub 10,000... Well, sub 20,000 square feet for the most part. And it's still taking the better part of a year when all is said and done. And even now, in the final stages of these discussions and negotiations and back and forth, 
our client has unfortunately lost some leverage because they have time frames where they need to get this stuff done within in order to get into the space or have the space be complete by the time they need to move in. So um, that's what I've learned. It, it's a process, and it's making me a more patient person because I was not that. Well, <laughs> I, I think your, your, your time deltas are pretty, pretty spot on because it takes you should really plan on just getting to the decision of this is the space that we are looking for. It's really helpful to have a minimum of 120 days. And then getting from 120 that 120 days for what? 120 days of just identifying these are the places I'm the considering. The buildings, right. The mm -hmm. buildings, not necessarily the, the initial tour, but a short list of these guys can work. And I think that you absolutely positively have to keep a competitive field of these all make sense because there's, you need additional information. And a lot of people don't necessarily, especially when you have a committee of six people, they have different perspectives of everything, and they don't necessarily have the vision to see what that space is going to look like from today to when they would actually take occupancy. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a buffer time in there. But you, you uh, made a point that's really important to understand is understanding what the options are and keeping a competitive set. Like, you cannot create leverage if you do not know what your next best alternative is. Absolutely. You, and in, in certain markets where it's a little bit more dynamic and, and, and space is leasing quicker or space is not leasing quite as quick, you want to make sure that you have a backup. You know, you had a situation that in might Dallas. disappear, right? Yeah, that this is okay. We've been going down the road because the landlord's doing the same thing. Who is going to lease my space? So I want someone to step in here and who's going to pay me rent? Who's the most credit qualified guy? And it's not necessarily the, the, the two people that he's dealing with day one, it might be the third or fourth guy he's dealing with day 120. So there's always that threat of a new entrant that's coming in. So there is a, there is a momentum. And I think that's the word that you have to use to make it, to keep that leverage in your, in your sales, mm -hmm. is you need to keep that momentum going and keep pushing, saying it's always that back and forth of this is what I need. And as you're developing your programming, you might think that you originally thought you were going to spend $20 a foot for your, your build out. Well, now you realize it's $60 a foot. That dynamic's changed, and it changes even more constantly because of now the volatility of inflation and then construction costs and time frames and so on and so forth. Yeah, the time so. frame thing's wild. I mean, we, we're talking a little bit in a vacuum in the sense of, um, you know, your traditional office tenant who's got time in a tenant-friendly market. I mean, my 20-year career almost exclusively has been in tenant-friendly world, right, where the tenant was in control. And I do think in order to create leverage, like we said, you got to be in that 12, 18, 24-month range. And we can talk a little bit about construction. I think we need to come back to it. Not specific to the volatility in today's market, but just the time process for permitting and construction. But on the flip side, time, and Paige won't let me use a whiteboard in these podcasts, but there is a continuum of time. Would you make fun of me? Back to the future today? Continuum of time or whatever it's I the said? Time, space it's the time yeah. space. Which is, the we, we have a flux capacitor in the other room. Most brokerage firms or advisory firms do not have that. That's one of our secret sauce pieces. But, um, but I encourage the whiteboard, just let the record show. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get a little mini whiteboard next time. But the, 
the market also dictates what time makes sense because in a couple markets that we're working in right now, you know, we have clients who need space in Q1 2023. So that's eight months from now. They literally can't understand what the market is eight months from now because there's no space available. So they will be in a situation where they will be making a decision without any leverage. Because when space actually becomes available, they're going to have a choice of, do we wait the eight months before we're ready to actually occupy the space? Or are we going to take it and pay rent in both places for the better part you know, of half of a year? Because the landlord's going to say to them, if you don't move in, somebody else is going to move in. So the whole time concept, even though from a perfect world perspective, we'd love a lot of it, depending on what market you're in, you might not have it. And as, as soon as that is the case, you have no leverage. Like your leverage is completely uh, shifted to the landlord's position. But for one reason or another, you never have as much time as you think you do. Correct. Well, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's the bottom line. You've said a mouthful there. That's absolutely true. I don't care how long you've planned. If you have two years, you needed two and a half. Just because people think that if I have two years to make this decision, I can push this one off a month and this one off a month. The next thing you know, you're behind the curve. But you know, part of going through this process is maintaining that leverage. And even if it means introducing things that, you know, or looking in other markets that aren't necessarily as volatile or as dynamic, you have to keep those options open to keep the leverage in your side. And I would say, oh, go ahead, sorry. The landlord, it's his job to fill his buildings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're saying this obviously from a tenant perspective, but right. if you were on the landlord side, you'd be doing exactly the same thing to uh, translate that information to tenants to say, you know, hey, look, you gotta, you know, we got other guys looking at this thing and we're gonna be able to make a deal here. And, you know, if this, if, if this is the space that you want, it's not gonna be around forever. Right. Um, and I would say too, the other thing I've learned is that it's easier to stall a process than it is to speed it up. Hmm. <laughs> so that's Oy my vey. pro tip of the day. Yeah, pro tip <laughs> really. of the day, ring the bell. Yeah. As soon as you try so to true. speed it up, you've, not only are you going to pay more, you've lost leverage. And you've you've, you've lost leverage, hand, yeah. you're yeah. showing your hand, and that it's that hitch in the giddy-up. That, that you, you've lost that momentum, and getting things restarted or slowed down, um, it just they, it all ends up you want to have a nice, smooth process for a nice, clean transition. Right. Yeah. It's fascinating. I love it. Which also, that's the other thing I've learned in my two years is it's never a nice, smooth process. <laughs> <laughs> Almost never. <laughs> so. Well, and the, that process, even when you get to the point, okay, now we have a deal done. Now we have a lease signed. That leverage component never changes because you're still, now you're going through the, the concept of building out Space. So now you have the negotiation of the construction process. Well, that should be done before the lease is signed. But it never is. Well, never is not the right word. But uh, it's ninety-five percent never. That's the right word and the right combination. Construction changes constantly. Tenants change their mind, and they change their mind for reasons because they see things that they go, you know what? I was not 
correct when I thought about looking at it this way. Or I this, just didn't think about that. This is a better way, or I didn't think about that. And so now you have the process of the modification of construction, which is a whole different dynamic. So you really want to keep, again, that momentum and having everyone move forward and being involved and getting those answers as soon as possible and identifying those. And that's the minutia that clogs up the, the drain when you're going through the entire planning process. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's a, a lot of examples just like that throughout the whole process. In the, in the learning curve leading up to zeroing in on the space they want, in the negotiations back and forth on seemingly inconsequential things within the lease that can have very large consequences. Um, you know, it's not just as easy as having a lawyer read the document being like, yeah, cool, sign it. There's <laughs> so much back and forth. Um, and figuring out when you can pull and when you can push in that is like, I have a term that I use for it. I won't say it here, but it it's a game. And it's... There's it's an a, art. Yeah. It, there's It's an art, and it's an art that you can't really rush um, without sacrificing the leverage. And then when you get into the construction and the build-out and all of that minutia, there are a bajillion more things that can pop up. So... Time. Long story long... Long story long. This is going to be a long story short. Well, I guess. But it takes time. Everything takes time. Everything takes time. And if you're going to take anything from this, it takes longer than it used to. And, you know, we haven't even touched on the other impacts on time. Permitting. It, oh, well, yeah, that's another. Approvals. Topic for. Staffing. When there's construction. But those all have elements of negotiating leverage because when you do the initial transaction what's the penalty of delivering this space well i what? mean just keep it in the city of pittsburgh very quickly and walk backwards right so permitting once you have decided on where you're going if there's construction that has to be done you have got to get the architecture and engineering plans done so that's a three to four month process. Most architects would tell you they want five months to do it. Then you have to go get it permitted. And in the city of Pittsburgh right now, you're at four months, best case, six months probably. So we're at a year and we haven't even swung a hammer or put a nail on a wall yet. Or bought a two by four. Right. So, I mean, I think the the takeaway is that if you're going to embark on a situation that is going to revolve around you getting exactly what you want you need time if you're comfortable moving into uh, something that is previously built for somebody else and all you're looking for is the opportunity for speed and price well then you've got a different journey ahead of you it's a different dynamic but you should identify those on the front end of this right. is how these are the things that you're going to face and so you which path are you are you looking at? And you might you very well might do it on parallel paths, and decide this is going to be the path of least resistance, and this is the path of more resistance. You'll choose one way or the other based on what your decision is at that point. But and you need to have somebody in your corner who understands what's the market going to look like when that actually happens, because if you choose the path of least resistance, oh, I'm just going to wait. There'll be space available. 
Well, if the market's changing, there's no space available yeah. then. And no one should be giving you that advice. Right. So that is that is crazy. And that will change, you know, okay, I'm going to do this in this respect. And sometimes it's, it's the kicking the can down the road, which I hate that, you know, as a, as a solution, because it's not a solution. It's just delaying the inevitable. And let me add the other part is, let's face it, the world has changed. The way people worked from the early 2000s is different from the way they're going to work in the early 2020s. You know, space is different. D distance Just ask between the guy at Airbnb. What did he say this week? Yeah. God, why would you beat him like that? I was <laughs> waiting for Michael to just go into like a a whole no, dissertation. No, but what did he say? It was like anarchist to have office space Ana or something. He said it was anachronistic. A anachronistic. Okay, which sure. Which is from another time, and he's kind of accurate. The hybrid model or the model of work from home is. Yeah, that's stuff that's going to happen. But what about the other things that there's a whole generation of kids that think that everybody's communicable, and you know you're gonna if you, the, the the whole concept of we're definitely of the, gonna stop this before of it goes too work, far down the road. No, the, the 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 work farm, the cubicle farm is just never going to happen again, and it's probably never going to happen again. You know, just oh, open that's... spaces, and but but it's a completely different form of construction, and you have all these spaces that don't fit that. So when you're looking at new spaces and repurposing them and, and, and re, you know, repositioning them, you're going to have that same kind of construction thing and you're gonna have the same thing that companies going to be have to consider because that's what their employees are demanding. And I think too, like briefly, we touched on this the other day, yesterday when we were talking, I think there, there are certain companies that can maintain efficiency kind and sir? operate. No thanks. Remotely, there are certain companies that you need to be in person. You need to have the collaboration. But I do think what's applicable to this conversation in particular is, I think that the companies of today and tomorrow that will have office space, you can't have second generation office space that you've done nothing to and just move in. Your people are not going to want to come work in that. If you're going to bring your people back to the office, they want an amenitized, top Flight of the to line. Yeah something that draws them to want to come to the office. So the the instances of the company saying, we need 15,000 square feet, we'll move in in 60 days, take us whatever, give us whatever you have. Those are going to be the companies that struggle to get their people to come into work. It's going to be an amenity war, the likes of which we've probably never seen if I had a crystal ball and was going to say what I thought the next three years would look like. Right. But I think like... You can't just be like shooting. If, if you're an employer and you have 100 people and you're figuring out how to retain your talent and get people back in the office and keep them engaged and build a company culture. PNC says re-recruit, right? Your space is going to be the cornerstone of that happening. And you need to start planning that immediately. Today. Immediately. Right. I think that's a good mic drop. Peace. Love it. This has been good. Time is... A critical piece of the real estate discussion, which nobody talks about, as we always kid. They talk about rent at cocktail parties, but they don't talk about time. So, And there's never enough time. So when is the appropriate time to review your lease or can start considering when, when you should be looking at what are my options? Yesterday. 
It's always. Time is not on your side. <laughs> time is never on your side with this. It's, it's literally. Isn't there a song that says time is on your side? What is it? Um, Rolling Stones. Something on your side? Yes. Time, okay. is, <laughs> time is on my side. Yes. Yes, it is. But well, it's not. It, yes, that it was is. a lie. Yes, it is. That's actually the lyric to the song. <laughs> time is not on our side right now, so we've got to wrap. Right, we digress. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I just have to say thanks again to our client who I, I wish I could yeah. say their name, but I forgot to ask for permission, and I feel uncomfortable putting them on the spot. But, but yeah, um, cheers. This is great. Cheers really to you guys for bringing us this beautiful bottle of bourbon. We loved it. Next time you're in Mississippi, please get us another another round and and from the good folks at uh, the old soul uh, distillery that's a pretty damn good bottle of bourbon from the well it's actually a different that's name. a wrap <laughs> michael didn't eat today he's been in the car all day i have been-